السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله زاد المستقنع في الإمام الحجاوي رحمة الله عليه we reached where the Imam has written باب دخول مكة باب دخول مكة the chapter pertaining to entering into مكة شيخ منصور he says دخول مكة أي كيف يدخل المحرم مكة how does the end how does the muhrim enter into Bakr? This is what the Imam is going to talk about. From which direction? And which door? And the timing for entering into Mecca. These kind of issues and others is what the author is going to mention. The author says, It's sunnah that the person enters from the highest part of Mecca. Sheikh Mansur, he says, that it's the sunnah that the person enters from the highest part of Mecca, from the Junub, from the north. From a place that is known as Kada, on the same pattern of the word Sama. So Kada and Sama, the same sound. Uh, Sheikh Sami bin Abdurrahman Nabahan, he said, Al Ma'rufa bin Rabi al Hajjun. That this place that the Prophet entered from, the high part of Mecca, is known as Rabbi al Hajjun. As, uh, sorry, the Ray al Hajjun. The Ray al Hajjun. The evidence that the Prophet will enter from the high parts of Mecca and the high mountain passes is in the Hadith in Bukhari Muslim, the Hadith of Ibn Amr, it's mentioned that Rasulullah that the Prophet وسلم, he entered Mecca from the place called Kadda, from the high valley, uh, at a place called Batha. And the Prophet وسلم, exited Mecca from the lower valleys. And also, what was mentioned by Aisha, radiallahu anha, that when the Prophet وسلم, came to Mecca, he entered from the highest part of it, and he left from the lowest part of it. Uh, Sheikh Masoori says, That the Prophet left from a, a, a mountain pass, the lower mountain pass known as from the place or the direction of a place called Shabika Al-An. So this is Sunnah if the person is passing by the high parts of Mecca, then you would enter from the highest points of Mecca. If not, then the person enters from what is naturally in front of him. Uh, the author says, well, And the masjid is entered from the door of Bani Shaiba, the gate of Bani Shaiba. Sheikh Masuri says, It's recommended that the person strives to enter from the door of the gate of Bani Shaiba. Gates is not found anymore. This door is not found anymore. But the ulama have said, and from them is Al Azraqi, Sahibu Akbar Mecca, the one who wrote the Akbar Mecca, the book of Akbar Mecca, Innahu Al Musamma Baba Salam, Innahu Musamma Baba Salam. That verily this door now is known as Baba Salam. And this door has been present until recent times. And it's recommended to enter from it due to the following reasons. 
that Prophet entered from that place itself, from those doors. Imam Tabrani in Al Awsat mentions that Ibn Umar said, that the Prophet entered and we entered with him from the door of Bani Abdu'l-Manaf. And it is the one that the people call Bab Bani Shayba. And we left towards Medina with the Prophet from the door known as Al Harura. And it is the door known as Al Khiyatan. And also, one of the reasons, and because when you enter through this door of Bab Salam, for example, or Bab Bani Shayba, which is not there anymore, then you would end up facing the Kaaba and the door of the Kaaba. And you will end up facing the black stone of the Kaaba. So it would become easy for the one who's making tawaf that he starts from the point where he entered, that he's directly in front of the black stone and in front of the Kaaba. So the author he tells us now that when you enter into the sanctuary where, you, where the Kaaba is, and you see the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Kaaba, you raise your hands and you say the du'as that have been reported. Sheikh Mansur, he says, that it's sunnah that the person, when he sees the Kaaba, he raises his hand and he says the du'as that were mentioned. And it is that which Imam Ibn Abi Shayba narrated from Umar radiallahu anhu. Annahu kana yadu ida ra'a al-bayt yaqul that Umar used to, when he would see the house of Allah the Kaaba, he would make the following dua. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam fahiyyina rabbana bis-salam. Oh Allah, you are peace and from you is peace. So give us a life that is full of peace. Uh, the author, he says, thumma yatufu matabi'a. Then the person, he makes the tawaf with his ihram in muttabi'an. Sheikh Mansour, he said, The author has now started to speak about the readings pertaining to the tawaf. وصفت الطواف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم and the description of the tawaf of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. فأول ما يسنه لطائف so the first thing that is sunnah for the one who is making tawaf is الاطباق. وصفته and its description أن يجعل وسط ردائه تحت آتقه الأيمن. That the person takes his lida, the upper garment, and he puts it under his uh, right armpit. And the ends of the rida would go over the left shoulder. Sheikh Mansur says, No, that the attiba is recommended and sunnah in the tawaf, which is known as tawaf al qudum, which is the first tawaf when you enter Mecca. In Ahmed and Abu Dawood and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi The hadith says that the Prophet made the tawaf in the way that we describe. And it's sunnah that this ittiba' is in all of the seven rounds of the tawaf from its beginning to its end. مكشوف. 
And if the person finishes from the seven rounds of the Qur'an, then the person puts his ridah back to how it should be, especially if he wants to pray, because the person shouldn't pray whilst his shoulder is uncovered. Uh, Sheikh Sami ibn Abd al-Rahman, he said, that it's recommended or it's legislated that the um, that the iqtiba, the iqtiba with the rida that the, the muhammad is wearing starts from the beginning of the tawaf or before it just by a little and it shouldn't be from the beginning of wearing the haram like many people do from the start of the miqat or from wherever they have traveled to, to Mecca, they put their uh, rida in the form of iqtiba, and it shouldn't be that. It should only be done at the beginning of the tawaf or just a little before that. The author, he says, that the person, the one who's making the umrah, he starts with the tawaf of umrah. And the qarin and the mufrid, they make the tawaf al-qudum. So the one who's doing hajj tamattu', he will start with the tawaf of the umrah. Or the one who's there just to do umrah by itself, will start with the tawaf of the umrah. And the one who is qarin, doing the hajj al-qiran and the hajj al-ifrad, he will do the tawaf al-qudum. Sheikh Mansour, he said, إِذَا بَدَّخَلَ الْمُحْرِمِ مَسْجِدِ الْمَسْجِدِ فَإِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا يَبْدَأُ بِهِ أَطَوَافِ بِالْبَيْتِ بِأَمْرَيْنِ that when the person, the muhrim, enters into the masjid, then the first thing he starts with is the tawaf due to two reasons. First of them, due to the action of the Prophet as is in the hadith of Bukhari Muslim, the first thing that the Prophet started with was the tawaf of the Kaaba. Secondly, because the tawaf is the tahiyya, you know, we have the tahiyya when we go into the masjid, we pray to raka'ah. The tawaf is the tahiyya of the masjid al-haram for the one who wants to make tawaf. Uh, so it's mustahab that the person starts with it. If you are a person who is making umrah, meaning that you are either doing umrah alone, we are doing Hajj uh, Tawaf Al-Umrah. Then this is the Tawaf of the Umrah. So what in Kanat Umrah Umrah Mufrada, whether that's an Umrah by itself or Umrah Tamatta, or that is the Umrah which is part of the Hajj Tamatta. Wain Kunta Qarinan or Mufridan Fahad Tawaf Al-Qudum. But if you're doing Hajj Al-Qiran or Ifrad, then this is known as Tawaf Al-Qudum for you. And to note that the one who's doing Hajj al-Qiran or Hajj al-Ifrad, then it's not obligatory upon them to do this Tawaf, the Tawaf al-Qudum. So if they went to Mina directly, that would suffice them. There is no dislike for them. But it is recommended that they do the Tawaf al-Qudum for the one uh, for these two, as the Prophet did so. So what we mentioned there was the one who's doing Umrah, or the one who's doing Hajj Tumatta, and this Tawaf for him is um, imperative. This Tawaf that he is doing, uh, he must do it, because it's the first thing that the Prophet started with, 
However, the one who is doing, um, the one who is doing Hajj Hajj Quran, these two they don't have to do it. It's recommend. It's not upon them to do so. The author he says, The person when he's going to start the Quran, he faces his body towards the Hajj al-Aswad completely. Um, it used to be that the masjid has a green light there indicating where the tawaf starts from. I'm not sure if that's still there. Inshallah, it's still there to indicate to you where you should start your tawaf from, which is in front of the Hajj al-Aswad. Also, he says, The person, the person, he makes taslim of the Hajj al-Aswad and he kisses it. And if it's difficult for him to do that, to make the taslim and to kiss it, then he would kiss his hand after touching the stone. And if it's difficult for him to even touch the Hajj al-Aswad, then he just points to it. Sheikh Munhus Swur, he says, From that which is recommended for the one who's making tawaf is to kiss the black stone. And this is, of course, the ulama they mentioned only if there is not a rush. If there's... Um, if there's a lot of congestion and it's going to be harmful to the person himself or to other people for him to go to the Hajr al-Aswad, then the person leaves it off because the wajib is to protect oneself and to protect, to protect others. So in this situation, the wajib takes the precedence over the sunnah. Uh, so this is sunnah that the Prophet would kiss the black stone. And this has levels. The first of them, and the first of them that the person should try to touch the uh, to touch the stone with his right hand and then he would kiss his right hand. And this is reported from the Prophet. If he's unable to kiss the black stone itself, then he touches the black stone with his right hand and then he kisses his right hand. In if he's unable to do even that. Then the person touches the black stone with something and then he kisses that something that he used. We felt in the Sahih Muslim because we have the hadith in Sahih Muslim, we showed that the Prophet did so. Abu Tufail, Abu Tufail, he said, I saw the Prophet making tawaf around the Kaaba, around the house. And the Prophet ﷺ, he touched the black stone with a stick and then he kissed that stick. If the person's in a situation where he can't even touch the black stone with a stick, with a stick or something of that nature, then he just points to the black stone with his right hand but he doesn't kiss his right hand in this situation. And uh, Sheikh Mansour said it's important to point out that when you are touching, when you are touching the stone, the black stone, then you will do with your right hand. And even if you are not able to touch it and you are just pointing to the black stone, again, it will be with only your right hand and not both of your hands. Also, he says, And in doing so, when you're touching the, uh, when you are making the tawaf, you would say the du'as which have been reported. 
Sheikh Mansour, il dit « Aïe, 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 il And it's been narrated a variety of du'as when the person makes tawaf from them. In the ibtida'a tawaf, at the beginning of the tawaf, the person says, Bismillahi wallahu akbar, as collected and narrated, reported by Imam Bayhaqi. Wa in the bidayati kulli shawtin ba'da dalik idha had al-hajr, Allahu akbar. And when he starts his second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh uh, tawaf, then he says, Allahu Akbar at the beginning of each of those circuits. So in the first circuit, he says, Bismillahi Allahu Akbar. And thereafter, all of the consecutive circuits, he says, Allahu Akbar. Also, we have the dua in the ibtida'i tawaf. When you start in the tawaf, you should say, Allahumma imanan bika, wa tasdiqan bi kitabika, wa sunnatin nabiyika Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, out of iman in you, and out of... Um, out of accepting the truthfulness of your book and the truthfulness of the sunnah of your messenger Muhammad And also thirdly, And also to say between the rukan, between the pillar and the black stone, As collected by Imam Ahmed and Abu Dawood. The author, he says, And he puts the He puts the house to his left shoulder as he's making tawaf. Sheikh Masood said it's obligatory to put the house on your left when you're making a tawaf. The Prophet did that and he said as in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet when he did the rites of Hajj he said I'm doing this to show you how to do your rites of Hajj So take from me the rights of the Hajj. The author says, The person has to make seven circuits. Sheikh Masur, And the intent is that you make seven circuits of the house. And it's not allowed for you to make um, superrogatory tawaf less than that. So if the person makes less than seven circuits around the uh, then he's like the person who's only fasted part of the day rather than fasting the whole of the day meaning it's going to be invalid the author says that the person the ufuqi he and we said the ufuqi is the one that comes from outside of Mecca from a distance from a distance of uh, 80 kilometers or more. And this is the Ufaqi. So this Ufaqi, what he should do, uh, he should pace up. He should be speedy in the first three circuits, and then he should walk normally in the next four circuits. So Sheikh Masood, he says, from that which is recommended in Sunnah and the Tawaf, al-Raman, is to do al-Raman. It is to be quick in your walking and to have your footsteps uh, close to one another uh, without jumping. And it is sunnah in the tawaf with the agreement of all of the imams. And the wisdom from it is mentioned in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim. 
بفوق كده ليش ما سو سيز انه شرع اول ما شرع للاظهار الجل امام كفار قريش that the first time it was legislated to be the Roman was done in front of the kuffar of the Quraysh to show um, to show strength فقد ورد عن ابن عباس for verily it was narrated from ibn abbas in bukhari muslim قال المشركون that the mushrikun they said انه يقدم عليكم غدا قوم قد وهنتهم الهمه that uh, the Quraysh, they said, tomorrow uh, people are going to come upon you who have been weakened due to fever because there was news of fever having been spread in Medina. And it has really affected them greatly. So the, these kuffar, they sat and they waited uh, just past the black stone. So the Prophet commanded the companions to do the Raman in the first three Ashwat, and to walk between the two pillars. And one narration in Sahih Muslim, the Mushrikun said, Are these the people that you were claiming that the fever has made them weak? Rather, these are stronger and more determined than such and such. So, from the reasons of the Tawaf, was uh, the Ramal in Kuwafil Qudun was that the Prophet wanted to show to the Kuffar that the Muslim had strength and determination, not as the Kuffar had thought that they were going to be weak and unable to show any strength. Sheikh Mansur, he said, that the Ramal is only in the Tawafil Qudun or Tawafil Umrah or the Tawafil of the Umrah. As for other than this, then the Raman is not recommended in it. And the amount of the Raman pertaining to the circuits is that it is in the first three. However, if the person is unable to do it in the first three, uh, then he doesn't make it up. Then the person doesn't make it up in the less in the rest of the circuits. Because this is a sunnah which has lost its place, so you cannot make it up, it's been dropped. And the ramal, as we mentioned, is upon the men who are ufuqeen. Ufuqi. 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 is the one that made ihram from outside of Mecca. As for the people of Mecca, then they are not to do the speedy uh, walking in the first three uh, circuits. The hadith Ibn Umar, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that Umar anhu mentioned that the Prophet وسلم, when he would come to Hajj then, and he would do the Umrah, that the first thing he would do when he would enter is that he would make tawaf around the house two times very quickly and then he would walk in the next four. And because the Ramal, as we said, it was legislated in essence in its beginning, to show strength to the people of that land, that the Muslims, they had strength and determination. 
وهذا المعنى غير موجود في أهل مكة. And this meaning is not found in the people of Mecca because they are from the people of that land themselves. Sheikh uh, Sami ibn Abdurrahman Nabahani's explanation of Zad al-Mustaqim, he said, if the original, he's posing a point, he's saying, if the original intent was to show strength as outsiders to the people of the land, and, and especially that they were kuffar, then now that this is gone, then why is this a sunnah which remains? So he says, He said that the, re the remaining of the ruling, though it's illa, its purpose, its reasoning has gone, doesn't negate the ruling. Because there is another illa, there is another reason. And it is that the Muslims, they remember the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon them. حَيْثُ كَثْرَهُمْ وَقَوَّاهُمْ بَعْدَ الْقِلَّةِ وَضَعْفِ and it is that to remember the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that after being weak, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them strength, and after being little in the land, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them many. As Imam Shinqiti said in his book, Adwa al Bayan. And also it was narrated that the Prophet that the Prophet he made in the in the field Hajj. That the Prophet actually did do the Raman. So therefore, it's taken to be a sunnah which is continual forever. The author he said, that every time the person passes the Hajr and the Yemeni pillar, then the person makes, makes is this land. Okay? Well, the legal and the evidence for this is well, uh, what is mentioned about the Prophet وسلم, in Ahmad and Abi Dawood from Ibn Umar that the Prophet وسلم, wouldn't leave off making his Islam of the uh, Yemeni pillar and the black stone in each of the circuits that we would do. And Nafi'ah, he said, And Abdullah ibn Umar, he used to do so. When Murad al-Istislam, and the intent with Istislam, as mentioned by Sheikh Masood, is to touch the black stone and to touch the Yemeni pillar with his right hand. And it is not to say, and you don't say when you are doing that touching any particular dua. And that is because it wasn't narrated from the Prophet to say a particular dua when touching the black stone or the Yemeni pillar. And this is only to be done, meaning that istislam, istilam, is to only be done, that istilam is only to be done when there is an absence of difficulty in you doing it. And if it is difficult upon the person to touch the black stone, then it suffices him that when he gets to the black stone, in the proximity of the black stone, then he just points towards it. He doesn't try to touch it because that would be dangerous for him and dangerous for others. However, pertaining to the Yemeni pillar, if he's unable to touch it, then he doesn't point to it. 
as that was not reported from the Prophet So if the person cannot touch the black stone, when he gets to its, its proximity, its vicinity, he points towards the black stone. But he doesn't do that for the Yemeni pillar. The author said, And whoever leaves of something from the tawaf. Sheikh Mansour said the author is mentioning a variety of situations where the tawaf is not going to be valid. If the person leaves off something from the tawaf, so herein, the tawaf is not going to be valid for him. Like a person leaves off one circuit or he leaves off more than that. Like the person, he does maybe just five circuits or something similar to that, then the uh, tawaf as a whole is not going to be valid for him because he left off um, he left off not completing seven complete circuits. Sheikh Sami ibn Abdurrahman, he mentions uh, a mas'ala. He says, if a person has shak, doubt when making the tawaf, what does he do? If he's doubtful, did I make five or did I make six? Question to yourselves, what does he do in this situation? If a person is making tawaf, but he's now doubting himself, did I make four or did I make five? circuits, what does he do? Sheikh Sami ibn Abdurrahman, he said, okay, somebody's answering. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum uh, He goes with the, what he has yaqeen on. Barakallah fiqh, and what is that? What is, what, what is the yaqeen in this situation? The lesser number. So the Hanabila, they say that the person he builds upon Yaqeen. So that is that he takes the lesser number. That is the Yaqeen that for sure he did four when he is doubtful. Did he do four or five? Then for sure he did four. So he continues as though he was on number four. Uh, the author he said, or the person didn't intend. The tawaf. If the person is making tawaf without having done intention for that, then his tawaf is also going to be invalid. Sheikh Mansour said, either tawafa bilaniya, if the person makes tawaf without the intention, like a person, for example, is going round around the Kaaba, but he didn't intend the tawaf. But the person, for example, had another intention, like he was looking for somebody. So whilst he's looking for somebody, he ended up doing three tawaf. Okay, and then he says to himself, well, I've gone around the Kaaba three times. Let me now turn this into an act of worship of Tawaf and complete seven. So if, if, because there was no Niya here, the person's Tawaf is not going to be valid. Because the actions are tied to the intentions, as we know. But also, he says another situation where the Tawaf is not valid, or the person makes the Tawaf in the wrong direction. Sheikh Masul, he says the third of these situations is the Tawafa, if the person makes the tawaf in the wrong direction. Whereupon he put the Kaaba on his right instead of his left. So in this situation, his tawaf is not going to be valid. And that is because he went against the guidance of the Prophet in the tawaf. And whoever does an action which is in opposition to the guidance of the Prophet 
then his action is going to be thrown back to him, rejected. Or he said, or he may tawaf upon the shadrawan. Sheikh Masul says the fourth thing which invalidates the tawaf. If he does this upon the shadrawan, which is mentioned with a fatha on the dal, this is this is a, um, a structure which is attached to the Kaaba, uh, connected to the walls of the Kaaba. Now it's made of marble. Okay, and it used to be in the past that it was flat. So this what you find at the bottom of the walls of the Kaaba. Now it's slightly slanted. It's, it's going downwards and it's made of marble, but in the past it used to be flat and people were able to walk on it. And tawaf upon that would not be permissible and it wouldn't be acceptable, not allowed to do it. And the reason for that, because that is part of the Kaaba, part of the building of the Kaaba. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and make tawaf. Uh, around the Kaaba, and the Bahi in the verse is for isti'ab. Isti'ab meaning that it's compromising. It uh, includes even the, it includes everything which is connected to the Kaaba. And because the Prophet will make tawaf outside of that, he wouldn't step on the Shadrawan. Okay? So the Shadrawan is something which supports the Kaaba, the, the walls of the Kaaba. Uh, in the past, it used to be flat. Now it's slanted and it's made of marble. Um, so Sheikh Samir Sukhair, in his explanation of Rawal Murbiah, he said that um, Ibn Taymiyyah, in the past, when it was flat, he used to allow that the people, if they step on that, Okay, they should avoid it, but if they do step on that and walk on that, then the, then the tawaf is still acceptable. And the author, he says, or the walls of the hijr. The hijr is the bow-shaped uh, structure, which is next to the Kaaba, or in front of the Kaaba, a semicircle structure, which is in front of the Kaaba. Sheikh Mansour, he says, the fifth thing which will invalidate your tawaf, is al-hijr. If the person makes the tawaf upon the walls of the hijr, والحجر بكسر الحاء and the hijr with the kasr on the ha, المقدار الذي تركت تركت القريش بناءه من الكعبة. It is that part which the Quraysh left off from building as being part of the Kaaba. وهو وهو مما كان على أساس إبراهيم. And it is that which was upon the foundations of the Kaaba that Ibrahim عليه السلام had built. فلو أن رجلا so if a person somehow makes tawaf on on these uh, on that hijr, that bow-shaped area, then his tawaf is not going to be accepted. Because um, it is not accepted for the same reason as being not accepted for the shadrawan. So literally what they mean by making tawaf of the hijr is not walking on it, is to walk uh, within it, is to walk. So you have the Kaaba, and after the Kaaba, you have that bow-shaped uh, structure, a bow-shaped wall. So if somebody was to walk between the Kaaba and that bow-shaped structure, then the Tawaf is not going to be valid.
طيب أو أوريانا or the person makes the tawaf Uriyanan. Uriyanan that the person is awra is uncovered. So as Sheikh Mansour, he said, Asadisa, from the sixth thing which would invalidate the tawaf, is the tawfa Uriyanan. If the person makes it naked with his awra uncovered. So the, uh, the kuffar, the polytheists, they would make tawaf Uriyanan, naked. And if they couldn't find clothing from the Quraysh, then they would just make tawaf naked. فَإِنْ لَمْ يَجِدُوا طَافُ أُرَاتِ وَبَعْضُهُمْ يَقُولُ And some of them would say, لَا نَطُوفُ بِأَثْوَابِ وَصَيْنَ اللَّهَ بِهَا That we're not going to make tawaf in clothing that we have used to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ajeeb this. You know what's ajeeb about it? SubhanAllah, some people today, when they make hajj umrah, they're willing to use haram money for that hajj umrah. Like they've got money which is in riba accounts, for example, or from riba-based transactions, they've made profits and they're willing to use that money. But here, the kuffar of the Quraysh, they're saying we're not going to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the clothing that we wore whilst disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Islam came, the Prophet ordered somebody to call out, that Nobody as a polytheist can make Hajj after this year. And you're not allowed to make tawaf around the house whilst being, whilst having your aura uncovered, as mentioned in Bukhari Muslim. So based upon this, it's uh, it's a condition that the person has his aura covered when making tawaf. The author says, "Oh, najisan lam or the person has najis on his body or clothing, then the tawaf is not going to be valid. As-sabi'ah, Shaykh Masul says, the seventh, if the person makes tawaf and upon him is najasa, because from the conditions for the validity and the correctness of tawaf, is to avoid the najasa in your clothing and on from your body. So without this avoidance, the tawaf is not going to be valid. In Tirmidhi, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that tawaf around the Kaaba is like the prayer. Except you are allowed to speak when making the tawaf. So here the Prophet Sheikh Muslim says, And the salah, it's, it's uh, obligatory that you avoid najasa in the salah. Therefore, because the Prophet ﷺ made the tawaf like the salah, you also have to avoid the najasa in the tawaf. Author, he says, Then the person after having making the tawaf, seven circuits, then he prays two rak'ah behind the maqam of Ibrahim Mansur says, Sheikh Mansur, when the person has finished the tawaf, then it's sunnah for him to pray to rakah. And this should be behind the maqam of Ibrahim. And because this is from the guidance of the Prophet وسلم, that when he finished the tawaf, he prayed to rakah behind the maqam of Ibrahim. وقرأ الآية and he read the آية واتخذوا من مقام إبراهيم مصلى 
and take from the Muhammad Ibrahim a place to pray. And also in the hadith of Umar in Bukhari Muslim, وَفَقْتُ Umar radiyallahu anhu said, وَفَقْتُ Rabbi fi thalaf I was able to agree with my Lord, meaning Allah in three. What he means here is that he was able to say something which Allah agreed with in three matters. فَقُلْتُ Ya Rasulullah. So I said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, in one of these matters, why don't we take behind the place of Ibrahim behind the Muqam, a place where we pray? So then the eye was revealed. Take behind the place of Ibrahim a place to pray. And because this was done by the Prophet however, Sheikh Masul says, if the person prays in any other place in the Haram, these two rakah, then that would suffice and that would be valid. And it's recommended that the person prays in these two rakah, two rakah, in these rakahatain, Surah Al-Ikhlas, Wal-Kafirun, Surah Al-Ikhlas and Kafirun. Because that is what the Prophet did. Sheikh Sami bin Abdurrahman, he says that if there's a situation that after you've made the tawaf, that the ikhama is established, what should you do? He said that the Hanbali scholars and the Shafi'i scholars, they say, that the, that the obligatory salah, which is now being established after you have made the tawaf, then this will suffice you from having to make two rakah out behind the maqam of Ibrahim. Because the intent is that a salah should be done after the tawaf. And because Ibn Abbas gave fatwa, he said, but, uh, he said, if a person finishes his tawaf, and the salah has been established, then verily the obligatory prayer, prayer will suffice him from the uh, having to do the nafal prayer, having to do those two rakah. And this was mentioned by Al-Faqihi fi Akhbari Makkah. I think we'll stop here, inshallah, before rather than having to rush through uh, the points which I was hoping to finish before we move on. But we'll stop here, inshallah, and we'll continue next week, inshallah. Uh, if you have any points or questions, then feel free. Jazakumullah. Uh,